0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Isn't It Lovely podcast, the podcast that seeks to
1: shine a light on all that is lovely. I am Rachel. And I am Tracy. And today we have Matt Paulson on the podcast. And if you don't know, Matt Paulson is an angel investor, author, and he's a founder and CEO of MarketBeat, a financial media company that empowers investors. And MarketBeat has been recognized by Barron's Entrepreneur, Financial Times, Forbes, and Inc. for its incredible success and reach. With more than 3 million subscribers, MarketBeat is the largest digital media company in the Dakotas.
0: It's so incredible. Matt is also an incredibly strong voice for entrepreneurship. He's the original founder of Startup Sioux Falls, which exists solely to empower founders and startups in our community. And this episode, we get to know who Matt is beyond his businesses. We get to talk to him about parenting, how we encourage our children's interests and passions. We talk about his faith. We talk about where his passion for entrepreneurship was founded. We hope you all love this episode.
1: Matt, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today on our podcast. We are here at Startup Sioux Falls, and I'm so excited to be here. I've, we've never entered this building before, so yeah, thank, thanks for hosting us.
2: I mean, it's a 100-year-old building, but its current use is three months old, so it's uh, basically brand new, minus all the old brick around here.
1: Wow, it's only three months old as Startup Sioux Falls. Yeah, I
2: think February 1st, they they moved in and kind of did their first stuff, and you know it's not entirely done yet. There's some sponsor signage still missing. They're still working on the deck, and I think they're going to do a grand opening next month and hopefully grow from there.
1: Cool. I love that. We want to come. Is anyone invited? (laughs) Can we invite ourselves? Can anyone come? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Amazing. We'll be there. I love it. Amazing. We'll get back to startup Sioux Falls because I've got more questions about
0: that. Yeah. it' Trace it. It's so fun. Thank you so much for hosting us. It was really fun for us to come on location and come yes. downtown for the morning, which is great. So all right. Well, Matt, we had so much fun. We just said this off mic. Trace and I had a blast reading your bio. It is, mm-hmm. it's comprehensive. It's so much fun. It's so much fun to track your journey, but we need to take you back to the nineties,
2: yeah.
0: which is a very,
1: <laughs> it's a great
0: decade. <laughs> it was a great decade. It was a great decade. You have An awesome story about there, that your mom, Mm -hmm. a school librarian in Mitchell, South Dakota, brings home your very first PC. And it ends up, literally, I'm not being dramatic here, ends up changing the trajectory of your life when you're like a little fourth grader.
2: Yeah, so I think it actually goes before that. And when I was in kindergarten, first grade, the school librarian, like the teachers could bring home their IBM 286s um, for the summer. So there is a DOS IBM 286 that had Windows 3.1 on it that I played with for a little while. And then it went back to school and kind of forgot about it. Fourth grade, they, you know, drive to two Falls, go to Best Buy, buy a Packard Bell computer, bring it home. It had 16 megabytes of RAM, 133 megahertz, just basic Windows 95 machine, and just uh, really took a liking to it. Um, broke it several times. <laughs> um, yeah, like back then when you broke it, you needed a tech guy, you had to drive from Mitchell to Sioux Falls to get it fixed. So my parents were quite unhappy when that happened, but uh, eventually kind of figured stuff out, you know, played a lot of video games, um, built some websites, kind of learned HTML and CSS. And uh, the first kind of project that I had, um, like you get free website hosting back then. So I, I got a free web hosting account and made a video game website about SimCity 2000 and then some of the other Maxis SimCity type games like SimTower. And uh, that, that was kind of my first big project and I uh, had a lot of fun with it. I put like um, different banner ads on there for free web hosting accounts because they'd pay you $1. fifty every time somebody signed up for a free web hosting account. And I was getting like 25 bucks a month. And in, in middle school, that was just, uh, you know, it's like I was a millionaire. I was never richer than at that point because <laughs> I, I had no expenses and had all the money for popping candy I needed. And
0: what a heady time. It, it was
2: great. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing that happened was in 2000, I would have been, I guess, 15 then. Uh, We were like one of the first families in the state to get cable internet. Um, So that was like, you know, 10 megabits a second. So the first, you know, people don't remember this, but back in the day, you'd get like 40 hours a month of internet and that's it. That's it. It it was all dial up super slow. And then to have like internet that's on all the time, super fast. And then my little website made me enough to buy my own computer to put in my room. So then just kind of the, that's kind of when it, when it, you know, became serious because, you know, had plenty of free time. Had good technology in my room and I had fast internet when nobody had fast internet. So some things conspired to, um, you know, help me take a liking to tech. It, early on.
0: It was like the dream trifecta. hundred percent. Well, and what I hear you saying too, Matt, between the lines is that your parents were obviously very encouraging mm-hmm. of your passions. Like you, you had the time, like you had the, the equipment that you needed. And I, I love that so much. And I think it's so cool and unusual that mm-hmm. you were, I mean, we're, we'll pick an age like nine years old, that you're tapping into like this part of your identity mm-hmm. that makes you feel the most like yourself. And then you start making money off of it. I mean, this is Incredible. So mm-hmm. as a parent yourself now, are you really cognizant of that? I know your kids are a little younger, but do yeah. you kind of think about this when they show an interest or a passion in something for how yeah. you can be encouraging of that?
2: Yeah. So my son Micah is 10 now. So he's kind of the age I was when I started messing with this stuff. And, you know, he does all of the stuff there is to do on a computer. He's got one in his room, um, much nicer than when I had, of course, but you know, he, you know, he's technically not old enough to be on Twitch, like as a live streamer, but he does it anyway. And I, I don't clamp down on it. Um, you know, he does a lot of creator type things and I'm really encouraged by that. And, you know, the tools they have now are just so much more, um, advanced than I was when I, I was a kid, but, um, it's kind of been fun to see him. Like he, uh, makes video games and Roblox and granted they're not very good, but Hey, he's, he's doing something. Um, so that's been kind of fun to watch him do that and kind of discover his own passions, um, in technology and just kind of see where that'll go over time.
1: Oh man, I love that. And speaking of technology, Matt, I was listening to a podcast that you had done. And when you made the jump from your full-time nine to five job and you made the jump over, it wasn't market beat yet. It was something else. Yeah.
2: It had a different name.
1: It had a different name. When you made that jump, it was a jump. It was something where you had to explain to people, okay, it's going to be okay. I'm leaving my full-time job to go work mainly Mm -hmm. on the internet, if you will. And we've seen that switch, just that shift of careers moving from Mm -hmm. like your standard brick and mortar nine to five job. Can you talk to us about that? Just the future of business Mm -hmm. and how we're going to work and how AI kind of plays into that. I think that's kind of a hot button topic right now.
2: Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of topics here. Um, I, you know, I quit my day job in 2012 to be full time and, uh, my kid was just born at that time and, you know, he was a NICU baby. So she quit my day job, and my kid was in the NICU still and not home yet, and <laughs> a lot of questions from that, but we had health insurance for my wife's job, and uh, we were going to be okay, and I was making way more from my side business than my day job, and like, I don't got time for all this stuff, so I'm going to go full-time, and it was very logical, non-emotional decision for me at that time, uh, but it did take a lot of explaining to friends and family, like, no, I, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I got a plan here. We're making good money. It's going to be okay. Uh, so... You know, I, now you know back then not a lot of people made money on the internet now tens of people do um, just you know, the creator economy has really grown and it's much easier to be a, either like a freelancer or a service professional and just have all your clients on the internet and um, we're definitely seeing that uh, that shift change um, I think there's going to be kind of a, a swing back and I think that for a couple of reason like reasons. Um, you know, right now, like nobody wants to be a plumber or an electrician or a job where you really get your hands dirty. It's just not a popular career choice. Uh, so I think what's going to happen there is that pricing for some of those technical, but, you know, people see as, you know, very blue collar jobs, like you know, a lot of those professionals are older and, you know, not enough young guys and gals are coming in to replace them. So I think the pricing of that stuff will go up, you know, so if there's plumbers making a hundred dollars an hour, all of a sudden it becomes a much more appealing career again. Um, so I think that will happen. Uh, the other thing that I think maybe two things, um, I think one AI is going to make people a lot more efficient at their jobs. I think it's probably not going to take a lot of people's jobs away because it's like a tool that somebody has to use. It's not like, a person that can replace a person It's just like Photoshop or um, you know, word or XL or anything that like helps you be more efficient right now. That's what AI is. It helps you do your job better. Um, So, you know, it might slow down hiring if the people you have are more efficient, but will it make somebody's job go away today? Um, You know, or even the next couple of years, probably not. And then the other thing, um, you know, I think we're kind of seeing the bleeding edge of kind of a, I call it a content recession, but you know, like Netflix and um, all the big streaming groups have canceled a bunch of shows. You know, I think we probably reached peak content in 2021. And, you know, there are just so many podcasts. There's so many different things that um, can count as entertainment these days. We, you know, there's probably a bubble of that. So I I think just kind of the volume of content, both like from the professional Hollywood scene and even just podcasters and um, streamers and YouTube, like that's probably going to recede for the next couple of years. So, I think there will be kind of, because I mean, we only have so much attention t- to consume content during today, and, you know, not everybody can be internet famous. Um, so, I think there's going to be kind of a, a shift, you know, away from kind of white collar work more towards blue collar work in the next five or 10 years, and we'll see if that's right or not.
1: That's so fascinating. And uh, this is kind of going off here, but what do you think about just for your universities in general when you talk about, because it sounds like you're saying maybe trade, the trade, economy will come back Mm -hmm. more. So, so it's going to be more trade school focused. Do you think, I mean, for example, I was just looking at my alma mater, which is Pepperdine. When I went there, it was like $45,000 a year. Now it's Mm -hmm. $95,000 a year. Who can afford that? That's outrageous. So do you, Mm -hmm. do you think the four-year university degrees are going to kind of be less important as they were maybe for us?
2: Yeah. So when we were kind of going through school, you know, everybody should go to college was the message, right? Yes. And, uh, You know, doesn't you know? Don't really care what you do, where you go, how it's paid for, but you should go to college because that's good for you. I think that message is going to start to change, like especially like in high school now. You know, they have more opportunities to practice the trades and to do work. Um, Like there are kids that take half a day off every other day or something like that to go work. Like there's a gal at Queen City Bakery doing that this semester, Um, and then the teacher would come in a couple times a semester to, to look in on them. So I think that's a really healthy movement to encourage people to think about their career before they go to college and to consider other types of careers. So, um, you know, I think, you know, post-2008, like we've already seen, like, you know, all the the for-profit schools are kind of gone now because they got clamped down on for, you know, not having great degree programs and taking, you know, giving people student loans to pay for them. Um, you know, there used to be like Colorado Tech in Town and Globe University and all, all those are no longer here anymore. Um, so I think we, we've already seen that trend and I think we're going to continue to see it. It's just unless you're, uh, got parents paying for it, like nobody should go get a liberal arts degree. Um, just cause that, you know, from an economic perspective, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Absolutely. I was a political science major and journalism major and I was, happened to be an extra in a Jay Leno show and he asked me what my degree was and I told him and he goes, Oh, so you're going to be waiting tables. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, yes, Jay, thanks a lot. Actually, I'm going to be a podcaster later in life. <laughs> which apparently is also receding. So I'm cooking with gas, but you cannot, (laughs) but you cannot be replaced by AI. So
0: that's right. So we are winning, in that degree. Also, I I love that. And I want to go immediately search YouTube for that clip of you guys. I'll try to find it. I don't know. Who knows? Put it in the show notes. (laughs) That is great. No, it's so much fun though, because again, you've always been ahead of your time, Matt, for kind of tracking the trends and kind of trying to predict what the next big swing is. So it's really fun to hear mm-hmm. you kind of speak into this a little bit. I want to pivot a little bit here. Okay. Your faith is mm-hmm. clearly an important part of your life. And I think anybody who meets you, it's just very integrated, very organically mm-hmm. into who you are. It's just, it's, it's really lovely and it's really inspiring. So in addition to all this tremendous stuff that you have been doing over the last 15, 20 years, you also pursued a master's degree, mm-hmm. but you also, Attended Kairos University, formerly known as Suffolth Seminary, mm-hmm. and obtained a degree from there as well. So, can you share with us a little bit about your faith and how you felt that this seminary degree would sort of impact your leadership and the way you did business? Because yeah. it's a little bit of a pivot.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, I grew up Catholic. Uh, my parents are devout, devout Catholics, and um, you know, I was part of a Catholic family. So, we went to church every Sunday. Um, but I didn't really come to an understanding of faith until I was in college and kind of heard the uh, gospel message in a different way. Um, so I found myself in a Baptist church in college and, uh, you know, heard the gospel and the saving message of, uh, of Christ. And, um, you know, that's kind of where it really clicked for me. And uh, got involved with uh, like college Bible study and in, in church there. Um, you know, moved to Sioux Falls in 2009 to chase my now wife, Corrine. And we started going going to church together, and got involved in leadership, and you know different Bible studies, and you know I knew there was kind of two or three more levels of depth that existed, and kind of understanding church history and theology and some of those topics, and like I wanted to to go down to the bottom of the rabbit hole in terms of like what there was to learn. And uh, when I kind of started, I didn't intend to get the degree. I just started taking some classes because I thought they were really interesting didn't have kids at the time, you know, had a lot of free time. So it was one class that turned into two, that turned into three, that turned into a 60 credit hour degree and, uh, you know, had a lot of fun with it. I learned a lot. Um, it's been very good for me as a Christian leader to have done that, um, you know, both in the business community, but also just in church and different faith settings. Um, you know, you learn, you know, cause the degree I got was basically a leadership degree plus some like Christian history and theology. So I really enjoyed that f- for me anyway. Um, but yeah, um, since then, like as soon as I graduated, um, the president of the seminary had retired. So they said, Hey, we think you're pretty smart. Do you want to be in a search committee to find the next one? And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? So did that. We hired a, a guy named uh, Greg Kenson, who's the president now. He started 2013. So soon after Greg started, he said, Hey, do you want to be on a seminary board? Uh, could you use somebody who is Thanks creatively and I said that sounds good and that was eight years ago now Uh, (laughs) so now I'm like this month I'm termed off my off the seminary board so I can finally kind of close that chapter a little bit and um, you know continue to wish them well and just thrilled with the progress they've made but uh, people don't know this uh, Sioux Falls Seminary has like a thousand students now and they're just all over the place yeah wow Mm -hmm.
0: maybe Tracy and I should
1: (laughs) <laughs> Seriously. We're kind of thinking about our future, the last 10 minutes that we've been talking here. Reverend Rachel, it has, it has a sound <laughs> yes. to it. It has a ring to it. Nobody's asking for it. <laughs> so Matt, with that, with all that you learned there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how has that helped you as a leader in the business world?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's really something to be said about how you interact with people and how you treat people. And especially like when you think nobody's looking, because when you think nobody's looking, people are definitely looking um, even like when you tip a door, door dash driver, um, you know, it's, you know, you got the option of like, you want to give three, five or seven or dollars on your tip. And it's like, well, I have a name in the community and I don't want anybody to think poorly of me. So I'm just going to take the normal tip and double it because, um, <laughs> I love that. that's, uh, I want everyone that interacts with me to have a good experience. Right. Um, and you know, I think life is too short to be a jerk and leave broken, you know, leave broken bridges. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a faith person, you know, I'm a big believer in you know, one treating people right, but also just kind of sticking to your word and doing what you're saying, you're doing what you say you're going to do mm-hmm. and just doing some of that basic stuff. Um, you know, one, it's kind of, you know, keeps you honest and, you know, you feel right with yourself and how you do business and treat people and try to be fair to people and, you know, I, I can sleep well at night because of that. But, you know, two, you know, everyone in the community has a reputation and there are a lot of people who have been quite successful that people speak just poorly about based off their past experiences with them. And I, I, don't, I don't want to be that guy. So.
0: Mm. And I, we've talked a little bit, too, about your philanthropy, mm-hmm. Matt. So would you also say that your faith informs the way that you continue to pour in to mm-hmm. this community in so many diverse ways?
2: Yeah. I mean, the way I think about it is, you know, right now I'm 37. Um, My grandparents all lived to their mid seventies. So, you know, my life is just about at the halfway point and, you know, make plenty of money from market beat. And one of the, my faith callings is, you know, just generosity and, um, you know, finding ways to, you know, do good in the church and in the community and just different ways. And, um, you know, there, there's only so much stuff you can buy just before it becomes, boring. Like, I'm, I got a Lamborghini. I'm going to sell it because it just doesn't bring me any joy anymore. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, there's only so much stuff you can have that makes you happy. And I think there, there's definitely diminishing returns with it. So, like, I think there's a lot of joy in doing projects like this, like startups who follows that um, can do a lot of good for other people. And, you know, this is hopefully just the beginning. We just announced a new project with the Washington Pavilion where we're going to redo some of the part of the science museum. That's going to be a lot of fun. And You know, I don't really have, you know, I'm still paying for all the crap we're doing now. So I probably don't have anything new to announce for the next year. Um, But once we kind of get this stuff paid for, I'm definitely going to be looking for, for a new project and something that'll, you know, be good for the community and good for everybody.
1: So you mentioned Startup Sioux Falls. And so we have to talk about it. We're Mm -hmm. actually sitting in the Startup Sioux Falls building, as we mentioned earlier. We want to know how you got this building, first of all, because I think that's a really cool story. And then number two, why was it so important that you invest in something like this? in your community
2: yeah so startup sioux falls used to be called the Zio center for entrepreneurship and it used to be out at the southeast tech campus and just for an innovation place like it was just not the right place to be because uh, people want to be downtown and uh, we knew that uh, we figured sti would want the building that we were in because it was on their campus and because the original plan was there's going to be sti there's going to be the Zio center originally called the south dakota technology business center and then on the other side of it, they were going to build a university center, but then they ended up building a university center a mile down the road. And uh, Zeo was just not like quite at the intersection of the two schools that they thought it was going to be. And you know, there wasn't a lot of development out in the Northwest for a long period of time and just hard to get people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably three or four years ago, we took a serious look at it like, well, we feel like we should be downtown. What does that look like? And a lot of pieces had to come into place for that to happen. Uh, one, we needed a building um, and we knew the city had this building and like it hadn't been occupied in like three years because it used to be the old parks building. So thankfully, um, you know, the mayor um, is very supportive of entrepreneurship. He actually used to be the board chair of the Zio Center for Entrepreneurship before he was the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, different city councilors like Alex Jensen and Kurt Soule, uh Dave Bronco and others are just have been very supportive of this project as well um so you know we definitely had to t- sell the idea and sell the vision and they said okay you can have the building you can have it a dollar a year for 10 years but you you know if you want to remodel it you know that's on you so we had to go raise i think about a million and a half dollars to do that uh, market beat was obviously a big chunk of that and um, but a lot of other community organizations stepped up like lloyd did and poet did and premier did first dakota did and then some individuals as well that have kind of been benefited uh from this from this organization in the past like Like Cindy Peterson, who runs Maximizing Excellence, she ran the first uh, non-tech business that got help from the South Dakota Technology Business Center. Uh, So she was, you know, positively impacted by the organization when she started her business. So she really wanted to give back and she wrote a nice check to this organization as well.
1: That's so awesome.
0: Oh my goodness. It was so, again, we said this a little earlier, but it was so much fun for us to come in today. And everybody here is so warm and friendly. Mm-hmm. Your community coordinator let us in. We were trying to get in the wrong door. And instead of just like rudely pointing us around the corner, of course, he welcomed us in with open arms. Yes. And it's so much fun. We're sitting in, a con- there's several conference rooms here. Mm-hmm. There's also, there's personal workspace. I mean, just like the whole vibe
1: here is fantastic. It's really fun to be down here. Can you talk about the vision of startups Sioux Falls?
2: It is kind of the first step for anyone that wants to start a business in the community. Uh Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff you have to do when you start a business that people don't understand, you know, like, yes, you need a product to sell and you need a customer. Um, I think most people get that, but like, you know, to start an LLC, some people don't really understand like what that is and you need that. And, um, you know, people need help, like kind of coming up with financial projections and, you know, people need to learn what a sales tax license is. And there's just all lots of stuff you need to know. And um, startups Who Falls is kind of the place where people can kind of go to get that help. So we have mentorship opportunities here where people can come meet with mentors and get advice. Uh, there's also kind of a place to work. So like a co-working space, if you don't want to work at home and you want to work around other people starting their businesses, you can do that here. Uh, they have this thing called the Co-Starters Program that um, kind of walks people through all the different phases of doing a business. And they do different events um, and kind of educational things here. But it's also a community space. So Hmm. groups want to rent this room or the big Market Beat Theater over there. uh, They can do that as well. So it serves a lot of different purposes and serves a lot of different people. But uh, so far, we're really happy with how it's turning out.
1: That is so fantastic. It's so important for our community to have something like this. So Mm. thank you. (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of a small business owner, thank you. Yes, we thank you very much. Yeah, when you just said mentor, I'm like, Rachel, I need a mentor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got to come here. Can we talk to? (laughs) We'll we'll talk off mic.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Well, Matt, we want to honor your time. We know you have a lot of awesome things on your plate for today. And we hope this was one of them. But we love to end every show with a segment called What Are You Loving? And it could be a product, a person, a book, a food. We've talked about everything on this show and more. What is something that you are loving this week?
2: So the book that I just started is called Traffic. And it is kind of the story of a lot of the online media organizations that, um, came together in the last 20 years. Um it's yeah, it's got by a guy named Ben Smith, but like Huffington Post and then like all the blogs that like became really popular in their mid 2000s. Um like in gadget and gizmodo and uh kind of tells the story of like blogging on the internet and like from a professional sense. Um so I've really enjoyed kind of been reading that and that's kind of the book I'm reading right now. Uh, TV. I'm watching Succession like everyone else is right oh now. It's just an awesome show. So Can't good. wait to see how it ends. So I know what I am enjoying this week.
0: Okay. No spoilers, but I heard there was a pretty big catastrophic event that happened about two episodes ago.
2: Definitely. Were
0: you shocked? Did you gasp aloud as you that, were watching?
2: That was quite surprising. Okay. Uh,
0: I, <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: I, I, I watched it the day it came out. So like, I didn't see any spoilers on Reddit or anything like, oh, holy shit, what is happening here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. And I have like told myself I will not look it up because I want to be, I want to have that reaction. Don't look. I'm so excited to see it. That's so good. Okay. Rachel, what are you loving?
0: Yes. Okay guys. I am loving something that is called a scout Bag. They have their own website. And then I will also go ahead and link it here on Amazon as well. But this is a, an organizer tote bag. Shocker. I like something that organizes, Tracy. <laughs> but these are one of my favorite bags. They have lots of different styles, but it's actually something that I throw. I've got three little boys. So I throw this in the car. We usually like use it as our beach bag. It's like waterproof. It's nice and big and boxy, but also like folds in and itself. So it literally, it's like a Mary Poppins bag. Like it holds everything. Like maybe I have a lamp in there, I'm not sure. And it's so great for me just like to drag around again to like the pool, the beach, the park, whatever. It's my absolute favorite. They have lots of cute designs. Um, A little bit, I would say maybe a little bit on the pricier end for a tote, but definitely worth it. I've had mine for three years and it looks like brand new. So Scout Tote Bags, I will link them in the show notes. Awesome,
1: I love that. Okay, I have two things. I hope that's okay, always. Um, I was gonna go with one thing, but I'm pivoting here because when you said bag, I'm gonna go with this theme. Um, We recently had on the show, it hasn't been released yet, uh, Rebecca Scott. And she has Rebecca Scott Designs and she's a local entrepreneur. Here in town, and she makes these beautiful bags, and she's gifted us with an order, and I can't wait for mine to come. And she is just a delight in so many ways. And again, I just love supporting local businesses. And she has got some fabulous bags. So look at her her website. We'll link that in the show notes as well. And then also, today we have, for the last time, our intern is here, Riley. And she came over, you guys, from Brandon Valley High School. And I've just been raving about your school, Riley, and just all the opportunities that they give their students. And she's been with us this whole semester. And her teacher, Mr. Olson, has just been such a delight and so encouraging and a supporter, a supporter to us, and so well done, Brandon Valley School District. Just giving your students opportunities.
2: I know Brady Olson; he's a good guy. You do
1: you know yes. Brady? Uh, oh my gosh! Okay, so we
2: love him. Brady Olson story: he got Teacher of the Year like a few years back, and then he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want to make a big deal about himself. <sighs> How <laughs> That's typical, so Brady! Yes.
1: Wow. Okay. So shout out to Brady. Oh my gosh. I hope he listens to this episode, Riley. You got to tell him. That is a delight. I
0: love this. Who are we loving? Brady Olsen. Yes, Brady Olsen. What a kindred spirit. Well, and it is so much fun because it kind of loops back to what you were sharing earlier, Matt, that again, here's a school that's giving these kids like an awesome opportunity. Hey, try on this job for a couple months. See if you like it before you go to college and spend thousands of dollars pursuing something that you're like secretly maybe I don't love, we hope that Riley has loved podcasting. We're not sure what she's going to do, but <laughs> she may be a lawyer. She may be our lawyer she in the future. Be, we are looking we for don't one.
1: We you need a lawyer? Did
2: you like wrong somebody that uh, we don't know about?
1: No, for business practices, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's gosh. the story anyway. I love it, Matt. Thank you so much for having us here at mm-hmm. startup Sioux Falls and just for giving us your time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Isn't It Lovely? If you love what you hear,
0: please rate, review, and subscribe by clicking on our show in your favorite podcast app and following the prompts. You can download all of our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts.
1: You can also find all of our episodes on our website at www.isitnotlovely.com. And we are also on Instagram and our handle is Is isitnotlovelypodcast. Keep looking for the lovely in all things. Thanks
2: for listening.